and we are live. Welcome to the expansive podcast. Uh, as always, it is really great to have you here with us. My name is Eric, and <laughs> my testing there in the background is my Eric's <laughs> pose. <laughs> Oh my God! You know we're still we're still running around trying to get this right. Uh, <laughs> you know uh, we ran out of time there. What the hell happened? I don't even know how quickly that went by. But anyway, hello everybody. What's happening? Oh, that was that was oh, a classic little funny. mic test in the background. <laughs> I tried to do it quietly so I didn't disturb you. I was like one two. One, two. <laughs> Anyway, good oh, afternoon, man. good morning, and good evening, wherever you are. Uh, Eric and I always uh, trying to expand what we do at the expensive and trying to get as uh, many people enthused and excited about what we're doing. And now we're going live. So this is exactly what we're doing here. We know we're doing this now every week. We've got uh, so many new people listening to the podcast because of this process. So we're so happy with that. Um, Eric, just to make sure, are you sharing on Facebook? Because I've just shared it on Facebook. LinkedIn's obviously going live. One of us yeah. are obviously more prepared than the other. No fingers pointed <laughs> here. But anyway, so great. Uh, so, Eric, you are yeah. in Cape Town. You're quite literally on the other side of indeed. that mountain over there. Tell mm, us uh, see, why you're here. I can see Table can see Mountain me. out of the side here. No, no, not quite. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, we quickly came down to Cape Town. Um, Danica, my wife, now. I, I don't think I've actually right, said Let's just stop there. Let's yeah. stop there. Let's stop there. Yes, you got married this weekend. Congratulations. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so my, my wife and I um, came to Cape Town for the week. Uh, she's working from here. And obviously, like, you know, the beauty of remote and digital work is that I get to work from anywhere. So... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm just doing a week here. I'll be seeing you later in the week as well. And uh, yeah, otherwise, just like heads down, busy. Um, I was just telling you, we're busy enrolling about 108 people for a think week that I'm starting next week for an organization. Um, I'm busy prepping a new talk around personal adaptability for the South African Shopping Council. So yeah, lots happening. Oh, are you, are you working with the Shopping um, Council? Oh, that's brilliant. Mm, yeah, next well, uh, Did I next introduce Thursday. you to that? Was that yes, my did. lead? Like a, oh, like so a year another one, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, I remember, yes. I am maybe your biggest sales lead. Do you, do you I, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think you should hire me. I think you should hire me as a sales lead. We can definitely talk about that. Um, I think it's a it's a good call to have John Sana as your personal sales agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm juggling my own business, yours, and, you know, as many other people as possible. <laughs> But that's good. So you haven't exactly. actually spoken for the shopping council up until now from that lead from, yes, that was a long time ago. Yeah, because we were booked initially to speak in March uh, last mm. year. And then obviously pandemic yeah. happened. So everything was up in the air. Um, wow. So we already had it booked for last year, but it's only sort of, we're only speaking now. And it's good because I think, you know, a lot has changed, obviously. So the, the keynote yeah. has changed quite a bit. So I'm going to be mm. talking a lot about personal adaptability for them and, and what does that look like. Um, in 2021. What's been happening for you? Wow. Before I tell you about what's <clears throat> happening with me, personal adaptability <clears throat> for the Shopping Center Council of South Africa. My God. I think anybody worse than the Shopping Center Council would be the Office Center or Office <laughs> Council of South Africa. 
that is a tough place to be, man. That is yeah. really a tough place. Look, I, I do think that it's coming back in many ways. Um, obviously, with restrictions going back to level one here in South Africa, we are feeling a sense of freedom. Um, I did speak to London yesterday. They are only coming out in about a month's time still, mm. so they're still in full lockdown. Um, so yeah, that's that's quite a, that's quite the task. Uh, good luck with that shopping centre council. Thank yeah, you. Well done. Thank you. Um, look, just like you, I think uh, we are in a very busy period of the year. Uh, lots of people requiring more courage and clarity for the year ahead. I am uh, writing my new book, Ten Thousand Days. I'm running a transformation masterclass next week for an organisation. I'm doing my Forge Your Future masterclass this week. I am running up hills, mountains, swimming in oceans, riding over mountains on my bicycle. So I'm either physically exhausted, mentally finished. But yes, I know, you know, I need a bit of a holiday <laughs> next week. I'm going to my parents' uh, farm for three days just to oh, go nice. and chill out. And the following week, I'm actually going on a sacred masculine four days in the mountains retreat to find and, and and sort of engage with your sacred masculine, your ancestors and lineage. So I'm really looking forward to that. So I've got two weekends of sort of relax coming, uh, which are really, um, I'm really excited for them because mm. it feels like you're just doing the same thing over and over and over with like, you know, like the same, and it's a grind, it's a grind, but it's a great grind, but still, mm. uh, I'm looking forward to that holiday. So look, the big, big topic really is, organizations wanting to see themselves differently, adapt to this new world, hence your adaptive uh, human sort of site or workshop or talk for the Shopping Center Council, uh, my transformation uh, masterclass. And today I thought we would speak about leadership and something that you continuously write new books about and don't market. I think next week we should talk about marketing of books i think that'd be a good one and you can ask me some questions about marketing of books because just a side note and caveat to everybody listening eric is a fantastic deep thinker and a super cuck marketer and uh he just doesn't think he i think he should market a bit more it's my it's my it's my stab at eric all the time it's like you've done incredible work more people know need to know about it Hire more marketing people. Stop being a schnorrer. Oh, that's just, that's a whole other topic. Um, really start getting stuck into marketing. And so instead of in marketing, we're now going to share some of that deep thinking with you guys here today around leadership. Tell us a little bit. Set it up for us. And let's get stuck in. Yeah, thanks. So um, we're going to be speaking about leadership in two ways. And it's going to be a bit of a flash in the pan type episode because we're going to briefly cover because we, you know, we wanted this, these episodes to be about 20 minutes long. But we essentially want to cover eight different points. So mm. we're going to go at quite a bit of pace here so we can, we can mm -hmm. keep up to time. But essentially, mm -hmm. you know, I wrote an article for um, Entrepreneurs Organizations blog recently about the four immutable truths of leadership. Because the reality is, as much as leadership is changing all the time because we're finding ourselves in different situations, there are many things that are staying the same. And I said to you and I said, like, let's, let's talk about this. And you're like, yeah, but this is like, like this is just old stuff. Like, we know this. And that's kind of I, the point I said about classic. It. I said classic, classic, not old. Classic. Yes, classic. Oh, you're not boring. Uh, um, you're no, not boring. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> traditional, <laughs> traditional leadership. Yeah, it's the basics of leadership. But it's the thing, like, these are the things that aren't changing. And so often when things are changing at such a rapid pace, we get caught up in looking at what do I need to be doing to adapt to this, you know, this new world where I'm finding myself in 
but we don't think about what are the basics that I still need to have in place. Like you can't ever forsake those things. So that's why I wrote the four immutable truths post. Um, and then we said, well, let's then uh, supplement that with some more newer thinking as well, uh, which is based on a post that I made on LinkedIn about a week or so ago. So let's quickly start then with the four immutable truths of leadership. And the very first thing was that um, ultimately, if you want to be a great leader, then you must have the trust of your people. Like that doesn't change. It doesn't matter whether you are working in the office or whether you are leading a distributed and remote team, you always need to have people's trust. The thing is though, and maybe even in this period of time that we are in, this is even more important because we are seeing tons and tons of examples of people who are acting unethically and leaders who aren't modeling trustworthy behavior. So not only is it not being modeled, but it's also that you have to create trust in a new setup where you can't see people. So focusing on trust is perhaps one of those, it's one of those um, areas of focus that will pay like massive dividends if you can get it right. But it doesn't okay, always so, mean that it's going to be easy. Yes, of course. No, that's fine. But mm. let me let me ask you, give me like two two ways that I build trust. Like what, what would you say as a leader, the, the practicality of building trust? Well, I'd say to you, you have to think about cognitive trust and emotional trust. And cognitive trust is, um, are you getting things done to a high standard on time with a high level of um, dependability and reliability? So if you are saying that we are meeting at three o'clock on whatever day that you pitch up for your meeting, or when you say this is the deadline, that you get things done on deadline. Like that builds cognitive trust because I know that I can trust you to get the work done. But then emotional trust has always been, you know, you walk into a room and you get to like sense whether you trust someone or not. Like it's that intuitive feel. And obviously we lose that in a more digital environment. So you need to think about ways that you can create a more emotional bond to people. And that would mean, for example, doing more one-on-ones and scheduling that time up. Yeah, that's really smart. It sounds like uh, this is also working for your marriage. So well done, because I think that's going to work <laughs> together with your marriage. But look, um, I think one of the things that I've been doing with my team is one doing many one-on-ones, but also talking about or asking a question of how can I help you in this process? And, you know, one or two of my staff members have come to me and said, like, geez, nobody's ever asked me that. You know, it's like quite a surprise that you've asked me that. And I'm deeply sincere in understanding that not everybody I work with will be with me forever. In fact, I don't think anybody will with me forever. And my discussions always are, is how do I help you evolve your career? So if you want to leave, and that's okay, because everybody has to evolve, Let's talk about it and let me help you. And if I can't help mm. you, then let's talk about you making more comfortable here. So one of my staff members is like, look, on Friday, she likes to get her hair done and her lashes done. Is it okay that she has that flexibility? And you know what? Okay, that's something I have to become okay with. It's not a priority for me, obviously, but that's something that's important to them. So I think having those emotional discussions um, are more important than ever. I think the cognitive thing about leadership has always been there. You know, I think mm. right now it's much more about an emotional discussion of meeting them where they're at, especially mm. with home setups that aren't sometimes ideal for people to be working from home when you have not the space or the or the quiet to make that happen. So great first point. I think building trust as a currency is important for consumers, employees, leaders, right across the board. So, okay, great. Let's go into the second. Number two. 
is developing personal adaptability. And, you know, there's so many ways to approach this. There's so many ways to think about how do we become more flexible, more fluid, uh, more agile. You know, we can throw so many words at it. But how do we adapt to the environment that we find ourselves in? And the one thing that I wanted to drive home in this uh, specific part of the post was to say that ultimately adapting to the new means letting go of the old. And that, you know, we can talk about the more emotional side of it, which is letting go of our attachments and our memories, what you so often talk about. But it's also just like on a very practical level, sitting down and saying, well, what are the things that I actually need to quit? Like what are the behaviors, the rituals, the habits, the practices, the products, the services? Like what are the things that I need to quit so I can make space for new things? You know, and I love the idea of strategically quitting certain things so that we have uh, like openings and space in our lives to pursue new things. And when you can do that, you are also adapting to a new a new place. Love it. I think that's so simple, really. I mean, it's like feng shui, right? To bring anything new into your life, you have to get rid of the old. Yeah. Um, and that's that's becoming creative or um, like just like really focused on getting rid of things that aren't working. In my masterclass, I have a section that's called burning your ships. It's like mm. which ships are not working? How can you get rid of them? And actually being brutal with some of them. Just a big caveat. This is not burning bridges. This is burning ships. And it's about things that you know where you have not only a victory condition, but a failure condition. And at what mm. point am I okay with failure? And one of the major things is like Future Self Academy, our platform, um, just didn't get the traction after 18 months of work and focus and money. It didn't get the traction. And my partners and I had to have a very serious discussion around we've reached our failure condition. We had to burn the ships, move that aside, and actually start focusing on what we can carry on within the future. So very good. I like that. Cool. Number three is uh, easy and to the point, invest in and develop your team. Um, and, and the only thing that I really say about that is that with the amount of complexity in the world at the moment, it's impossible for one single individual to figure it out. You need a team around you that is switched on, that's sharp, that has the ability to, to navigate the challenges that lie ahead of you. And so like, it's a no-brainer to me that you have to invest in your people to make sure that they are as sharp as they could be. Um, because ultimately, you know, if you want an exceptional team, you need exceptional individuals within that team. Like you're not going to have a, a team that performs at a high level if you have a team filled with people who are all individually mediocre. I don't think that happens, you know. Anything else? Look, um, the, yeah, look, I think the, the one of the posts I made a little while back is people reach out to both you and I, I'm sure, to want to hang out, have a coffee, and the worst line in the world, can I pick your brain? Please, people, can you stop saying that? Just think about picking brains. It sounds sore. I don't want you <laughs> to pick my brain. We can share ideas. But one of the things that I posted about was this idea that if you want to hang around with the people that you admire, become them. It's mm. almost that you have to uplift yourself to become those sort of people. But this also goes in with what sort of people you're having working with you, depending on your sincerity of how you're looking for them, you attract these muhus or real people that have got uh, uh, desire, initiative, and mm. intelligence. So. I've been actually telling my team that I'm really happy with them right now because we seem to be all vibrating on the same level. You know, we all drive for excellence. We've got adaptability in our lives. We're all excited about the work we're doing. So, yeah, I think be brutal with um, the value systems and the initiative that your team bring to the table. So I like that one. Very good. Cool. And then the last one. So this is, you know, all part of the basics of leadership 
is to have a vivid vision of the future. And we talk about this all the time, but this has always been my, like the very first time I was introduced to leadership, it was around this. It's like a leadership is about creating a vision for the future and bringing people along to fulfill that vision. And there's such a great story around Steve Jobs, who um, at the time was able to persuade John Scully to switch from PepsiCo to Apple. And he said to him, you know, do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugar water or do you want to come with me to change the world? And I think that's still important. And perhaps now more than ever, people want something to work towards. And I think we've seen also, it's kind of weird to say that, but, you know, people want purpose in their lives. That's always been true. But I think there's been a, a bigger emphasis that individuals want to feel like they are contributing Part in a meaningful way to organizations. Yeah. yeah. And so the only way mm. to do that is to have a vision that we are working towards. Yes. It's, it's, it's almost like continually reminding you of why we're here and what are we trying to achieve, keeping everybody on track. And I think the best example, I, I just remembered it, is uh, Mike Wallace, was it, from Freedom, was it, uh, Mel Gibson uh, in <laughs> that movie? Braveheart, yeah, and that was such yeah, yeah. an awesome movie, you know, and, and what was the main focus? We are fighting for freedom. And in mm. fact, uh, caveat story, I was in uh, Scotland. I've actually got pictures of it. We went to the exact place that they filmed that movie. And uh, I was Mel Gibson, my friend Martin was a horse, and my friend Craig was the enemy. And we played out and acted out that whole thing. It was actually quite a good thing we did. But yes, Braveheart, Freedom, continuously reminding. What is your, what, what would you say your reason is uh, for doing what you do, um, Eric? Do you have, do you have like a, an elevator pitch around it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it's always been around helping people to be better at the things that matter to them. Like since better mm. men days, that has always been the thing. It's like, I'm not particular in, in what I'm helping you to be better at. I just want you to adopt the mindsets, the systems, the things that are important to you in order so you can be, uh, as you say, you can, as it is, like the best version of you that you can be, the most yeah. dangerous version mm. of you. That's what mm. I'm interested in. And yourself? I like that. Um, I've kind of landed on this. Courage and charity. Can we just... <laughs> yes, okay. but to alleviate, but no, but to, to alleviate fear in the boardroom. It's. Okay, nice. I think a lot of people have got a, a, a an invisible um, sort of helmet of fear, and they don't even know they do. And they're making many decisions based on a space of anxiousness and safety and certainty, and without the courage and clarity, they don't even know that they're following that route. And mm -hmm. so, for me, it's mm -hmm. about can I ambush you? to realize that you're actually suffering from fear without me pointing a finger at you, but you actually come to that realization by yourself. Mm. And so, yeah, that's what I keep sharing with my team is like, that's what we yeah. have to do. It's almost like we make a good combination in that you alleviate the fear and I help them to be more dangerous. It's almost like, mm. you know, like, it, like there's a yin and yang thing happening here. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. <laughs> we should start a podcast. I think we should start a podcast. I think there's a nice, there's a nice mix. There's a nice mix. Is a synergy? Is a synergy? Okay, so so that covers the four, uh, the four different classic, classic, the classic, classic, the classic leadership. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I see we we're kind of running up on time here. So let's quickly just go through the sort of more modern uh, roles that leaders need to play. Then, um, so this comes from an MIT study, and they said, you know essentially because of these shifting environments we find ourselves in. As a leader, you should be good at playing different roles at different times. Um, so the very first role that they were talking about is the role of conductor. And the role of conductor is best played when you are operating digitally, virtually. 
And essentially what you are trying to do as the conductor is you are trying to bring everything together, like exactly like a conductor would do with an orchestra. You're trying to make sure that information is disseminated, that people are on the same page, and that people play nicely together in order to uh, be effective in the workplace. Yeah, I think the big thing here is that this conductor is really about trying to do this digitally online, which is a very different process. And, you know, it's not an easy process to try and get people to be focused, have their cameras on, not juking the system. I mean, there's so many different things that, that are going on here. So, mm. oh, we have a question. Ramiza, how's it? Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just popping comments onto the, onto the screen. So. Okay, no, I think that comment over there is about this fear. You know, mm. is exactly that, is that leaders are fearful. Um, and it's this addiction to certainty that they don't have anymore. And it's making them tyrannical and it's making them like sort of closed off to sort of ideas. But yes, mm. going back to the conductor, yeah, it's a new role. You know, it's a new mm. type of leadership that we need to be getting people to think creatively online. And uh, mm. I call them working meetings. So I have meetings that we are talking about certain things and then other ones that we all just working like pull up something, show me what you're doing there. Let's talk about this. Let's think about tone. So yes, that's, that's kind of what I, yeah. that's what I do with my team. Okay. And, and what I like about the conductor is that it's also it highlights what we spoke about before, which is that um, on top of this, you need to be sometimes transactional and sometimes transformational. And that a conductor is probably a little bit more transactional in the way that they show up because it's quite specific in how we bring people together. And that's part of what they also say is like, be careful that you're not becoming a micromanager in the moment. Uh, you need to perhaps have some firm boundaries and the way that things get done, an operating system, but you don't want to micromanage people to death and they lose freedom and they become, um, I guess, upset yes, about man. the way that you, that you lead them. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The second one, uh, the second role is the catalyst. And mm. the catalyst was specifically, even though I think it's a, it's a, it's a mixed role, like it's online and offline, they were specifically mm -hmm. talking about it in the context of offline. So when we are together, that you are the catalyst who brings out the best thinking in the people around you. You mm. spark mm. innovation. Mm. You spark a certain culture that emerges. Um, and so as the catalyst, uh, you enable others to shine. You know, uh, that's a brilliant thing. But, you know, one of the things I always have to stop myself doing, and I hate other CEOs doing it, is like, Okay, guys, we're here to discuss A, B, and C. Let me tell you what I think, and then let me tell mm. you what you, then you guys tell me what you think. It's like mm. you kill, you kill any ideas. You just want everybody to going down your throat. Yeah. So I, I love opening up and saying, "Well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think?" Okay, let me let, let's try and synthesize part of my thinking and your thinking to be in line with our vision. I like that. I like sure. the term catalyst. Another term that I've started using recently is propulsion. It's almost like you know we need to propel into the future rather than just responding and recovering to it. So catalyst is a great sort of mm. cousin of a word propulsion. Yeah. The third role is the role of coach. And this is something that's been coming for a very long time. Uh, they've been saying that, you know, you, any leader must be more coach-like for, for years now. And essentially what this means is also is that if you think of a catalyst, um, you are being a catalyst in a, in a bigger setting. So you are working with your team, you're working with groups, that's where you need to be the catalyst. When you are working one-on-one, -on -one, you want to be more coach-like. And this is really saying, well, you know, let's focus on you, what you are good at, and let's help you also uh, play closer to the level of your potential. So what's in the way? How can I help you get there? And what does that look like? 
Yeah, that you know, like uh, all bosses are psychologists, right? Uh, you've got uh, you've got this uh, you've got this real responsibility to try and deal with what's going on at home, what's going on in trauma, what's going on in everything, so you can clear up that space for focus and energy at work, and and bring that sort of excitement and joy to it. So yes, coach. Again, I think it's a classic one, but much more important than ever before as we're going through this yeah. trauma uh, and transition. And I'll also say that not all leaders are going to be great coaches because yeah. coaching isn't just, you know, I've been in the role for 20 years, therefore I have a lot of experience, therefore I'm able to be a good coach. It doesn't work like that. Coaching yeah. is really more of a skill. It's a, it's a stance and an approach that you take towards a conversation and towards a person. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if you want your leaders to be more coach-like, don't tell them to be more coach-like. Like, put them through a course. Give them some insight mm. on how to how mm. to play the role of coach. And then mm. the final role is the role of champion. Mm. And essentially, the champion role is about advocating for your team. And I kind of see this as like playing behind the scenes. You are looking mm. at your team. You are asking them what they need. And then while they are busy executing, you go and find mm. the things they need to be more successful. And this could be resources, yeah. connections, it could be you know board approval for something, but you go and do something um, in the background that positions your team for success. Don't we all need more champions in our corners? I mean, that's just, you know, just in life, we need champions all around us to try and help us evolve into mm. champions. I find my, my Ironman coach, Steve, he's really a, that's what he does. You know, he wants to bring out the best in you. He's always doing it in a calm joyful playful way but he's pushing you all the time pushing you but in a joyful way and i think that really has impacted the way i train and, and made it calmer and more fun actually while you're crying and sweating and puking so <laughs> yeah it's always it's always a good thing so thank you eric that was really great um yeah those were fantastic to move from classic to futuristic sort of leadership roles in this hybrid world that we're living in and everybody that's listening if you think somebody could benefit from listening to this please share it with them if you want uh, and can't access this um, uh, link, please do go to Apple iTunes or Spotify and share it from there. We're always loading them up uh, straight after the recording. If you think this was a great podcast, please leave us a comment and a star rating on Apple iTunes. Eric, I look forward to seeing you for a meal in the next couple of days while you're here in Cape Town. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Closing remarks from you, please. Thank you. Yeah, um, I always, always enjoy our sessions together. Um, I, I find a lot of value in it just for us as well. And I'm really grateful that we get to share with more people and that uh, I can see more people have been tuning into the live show as well. So, you know, yes. experimentation, iteration, we are living it. We are um, going through it every single day. And it's always yeah. a pleasure to do this with you. Yes, and you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. See you next week.